You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. I am so excited for this week's episode. As always, it is with my friend Mary of Mary and Crew. Uh, we talk all about why she started her Instagram account um, and then her blog and how it's sort of grown and also how she's cultivated this community or even crew, as she likes to say. Uh, but before we get into the interview, I want to remind you that there are so many great new products on the preppypodcast.com. There's fun merch, there's shirts, there's tumblers, there's candles, um, there's cute sneakers, everything in between. Um, The merch is just super fun for me to put on my design hat and make some fun creations that I have in my head. But also it's a way to support the podcast uh, because when you buy those products, then that money goes towards all the fun things on the podcast and making sure it gets produced each week and everything in between. So I'd so appreciate if you check out the new items on the preppypodcast.com. All right, let's get into it. All right. Why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Sure. I'm Mary. I live in the Los Angeles area. I'm a photographer, stylist, and the gal behind Mary and Crew, a lifestyle brand that inspires and empowers women and finds beauty in the everyday. I love following along with you. You have the prettiest pictures and you just find like the greatest finds, I feel like, um, shopping. And I had the pleasure of meeting you in person. Like, when was that? Like a year ago, a few months ago? I don't even know. Yeah, in the fall of last year. Yeah. Thank you. So now let's start at the beginning. Like, tell me about growing up. Are you from California originally or did you move there later? Like, were you always into, you know, design and um, I want to say like aesthetics, but as a kid, we it's not like we knew what no. aesthetics were, but no. like into, you know, like playing with your Barbies and making clothes for them or like right. that crafty side. Like, tell me right. about your childhood. Sure. So actually, I grew up in Maine, which a lot of people don't know. And I moved to Florida when I was 11 years old. So um, not the not the greatest of times to move, but we made it work. And I really adopted well to the warmer lifestyle, um, hence why I think I'm in Southern California today. I was definitely always a creative person and into style, um, but I never really had an outlet for it. I don't think... Um, that was something that was pushed when I was a kid. I did enjoy it, but there was just, I, I had a hard time translating my love for it into something that I could do as a kid. No, that makes sense. I have to say, I was really fortunate. I, our high school, it was just a, a public high school, but I feel like it was really advanced in some things. And one of it was that we could take interior design class oh, um, wow. back then in high school, which was so, yeah, I, I've always crazy. loved design and stuff. So I love that we were able to do that. Um, but I feel like a lot of people that I interview on this podcast, they had you know, an interest in style or design and we're crafty or maybe entrepreneurial at a young age and looking back, they can see it. 
yes, I could definitely see it, but I never really thought it was something that could translate into a, like a career or a passion of, of mine. Um, I um, really also enjoy math and analytics and uh, my dad is an engineer. So I think that was sort of pushed in me more as a young girl that like math is really important and um, STEM and science, engineering, all of those things. So I tend to gravitate, I had gravitated that way as a child in my high school and even in my college years. Oh, that's so interesting. Like I always find it so interesting when someone on here says that they have a math brain because there's very few of you. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. No, it's, I, I respect and grateful for my parents for really pushing me in that direction and how it's becoming, um, more of a focus for our children now that, um, girls can be great at STEM. When I was a kid, it wasn't as big of a focus. So I, I really appreciate that. That's awesome. So now then when it came time for college, where and what did you end up studying? Was it yeah, something I, to do with math or science? Yes, right. So I had to stay in Florida. I definitely looked at some schools up the East Coast and decided that Florida was the place for me. I was a swimmer at the University of Miami. Um, I was a um, distance swimmer and I swam all four years, was the captain of the swim team my junior and my senior year. And I studied mathematics and had a degree in industrial engineering. Wow. So you were sporty too. That That's yes. also yes. an accomplishment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Miami was a really fun place for college, but also close enough to home for me. So it felt comfortable. Small, it's believe it or not, people don't realize it's actually a really small university. It's a small private university, um, but it just, it has all the wonderful things that you can find in Miami. Oh my gosh. No, it sounds amazing. That's so fun. So then you have this degree. Now, what did you do with it after college? So after college, I continued to stay in my um, my lane and ended up going up. I wanted to live in New York City, which was a bit of a shock for my parents, but um, moved up to New York City and worked at UBS in um, financial services. And um, I was an analyst in their wealth management division. So I was able to keep my passion for math and analytics and um, and be able to live in New York. So that was that was the direction that I went. So also nothing like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and all, yeah, I feel like going from Florida to New York is a huge difference. So yeah, um, huge, that's impressive. <laughs> definitely a huge, a huge difference. My husband and I met in college and uh, I went up to New York by myself. He went to DC and then I slowly, I found myself, um, I moved to DC a few years later, also stayed with the same company. And then, um, we moved to Los Angeles after he graduated from law school and we got married and I continued to work in the financial services industry up until, um, I had my daughter and, and then I became a stay at home mom. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So now, when and why then did you decide to start your Instagram account? Was it like a creative outlet then? Were you still working at, at that time? Or you know, was, I was it after? I, yeah. Yeah, I was not working at that time. It was a creative okay. outlet for me. And I've definitely always loved photography. I've always loved styling. I've always loved clothes, aesthetics, bright, beautiful, colorful things. And I think, like I said earlier on, I didn't really know there was – a connection and something that I could 
do with that because that was just the way that I was raised with this like mathematical background and the direction that you go with that. So I've, I've, everything has started to click for me over the last few years of what some of my talents are that may maybe just weren't being utilized in the right way and a way that I can um, turn them into a business and, and to um, find a way forward with them where I can do things that I love um, in a, in a way that can help um, our family and, and, um, others going forward. Definitely. Now I think it's interesting because a lot of people, they start with a blog and then the Instagram, but you started with Instagram first. So when you, when you started with that, I mean, did it first start where it was like, just, you know, your friends and a personal thing, or did you go into it with the strategy of like, oh, this is going to be, you know, an influencer Instagram. Yeah, no, it was definitely, that was not my intent at the beginning. I, I did leave it as public because I wanted to keep it beyond more than just a, a friends and a family thing, but it's really hard to grow a public Instagram account. You know, you just can't turn it on and expect everyone to want to see what you're putting out into the world and to make connections so it was really just a like, hey, this is something I like doing. I'm just going to throw it out there and see what sticks. And and really at the beginning, it was um, a lot of motherhood and where I was with, um, I think I probably probably started the account when I had two young children before our youngest was born. And there, there was really no like logic to it. It was just something that I enjoyed doing in a creative outlet for me. Definitely. And I feel like even with like the OG bloggers, as we call them, they're started that way too. Like with blogging, you know, originally they did as a creative outlet to, you know, keep in touch with friends when they just moved for a new job or they just Mm -hmm. went to college or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. So I feel like a lot of creatives in general, they start with it more as a hobby and then realize, you know, I have this talent, I have this skill, I can make this more than just, you know, something for family and friends. Exactly. So then you know, back when you started with your account, what were you posting back then? And sort of how has it, it changed and shifted over the years? You know what? That's a good question. I think it was a lot of things in the like throes of young motherhood, lots of things with my kids, what I used to like to cook for them, birthday parties that we would throw, things with parenting, because that really is when you have two small children and you're at home full time, that really is your life. And um, traveling with them was another big one too. For me, it's always been really important to travel when we have the opportunity and help teach them flexibility and, um, different cultures and different experiences and also thriving under things that might not be as familiar to them or comfortable with them as they are, you know, at home in their everyday routine. Definitely. I so admire that. I feel like it's hard enough for me just to travel yeah. alone for work. It's not, it's not easy, but it's just like anything else. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And the same thing with the kids too. They get into a routine. They know what to expect. So it's gotten easier as parents the more we do it. Definitely. Do you have any advice on that to share with anyone uh, listening about You know, any tips for traveling with kids or how to yeah, make that a little yeah. bit smoother? Uh, I mean, a bit controversial, but for us, we don't use uh, an iPad at home. So when we travel, that's the only time it comes out. And that's been game changer for us because we can use that as, you know, on long plane rides, they really like using their iPads or their video, the games that come with it that we download. 
Um, if we're you know trapped in a small hotel room, we can pull an iPad out and it um, it's more of a novelty for them. So that's definitely been really helpful. Finding little activities that they can do, making sure you respect when kids are hungry, when kids are tired, and just definitely slowing down for the process too and embracing it instead of fighting against it just to keep everyone happier. <laughs> no, that makes complete yeah. sense. What, um, how old or what was the youngest age, I guess you started yes. traveling with any of your kids? Um, we first took our oldest to Europe when she went to Germany and the Czech Republic when she was 11 months old. Wow. Um, and she's been to Europe several times. Um, she's, she's been all over and, um, our middle has been a few times and our youngest really fun. We took him on a trip to Venice, Italy when he was six months old. And that was, um, it's a great time to travel for babies, believe it or not, because Mm -hmm. you know, they can't run away from you. They, um, they're, they can sleep next to you at a restaurant. So I really, the third one, I really embraced having a little, um, sweet baby with me that I could, you know, just take around. So. I recently read that or heard that somewhere too. And also because like they'll sleep on the plane most of the time. Like it's not, not, yeah, it's not necessarily any mom listening to this is probably laughing because that is not a guarantee. And I'm pretty sure mine never slept when they were babies, but now they, they get it because they've been doing it a long time. Just like anything, the more you do it, the easier, the easier it gets. So I'd encourage anyone that has that opportunity to take it and not be afraid of it because it does get easier over time. And I, I want my children to be able to do these things when they're adults and really feel comfortable doing it too. So it's that's great. And I mean, just for them as they grow up to have been to all these places and like you said, to be comfortable and feel, um, you know, some people don't grow up traveling. So then it's harder as an adult. Right. I feel like they're scared or they don't know what yes. to do. Yes. yes. And it's like facing those uncomfortable situations and feeling confident in what you can do. So mm-hmm. yeah. So now you recently started um, a blog then to go along with your Instagram, correct? I have. Yes, I have. When was that and sort of what was the thought behind that? Um, I'd say the blog became more of a thing in the last year. And um, a lot of my traffic still mainly goes through my Instagram account, um, but I've been working on building up the blog over over the last year and um, currently working on re- branding and putting that together in a more useful way for my audience. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not going to be perfect overnight and it takes time. And I think that's one thing I've definitely taken away in the last few years is it just takes time to build something and keep doing what you're doing. And if, um, I think if you say authentic to your, your voice and it will evolve in a way that you want it to. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, the industry is so hard because a technology is always changing. There's always new apps. There's always like, you know, new features on websites and all of that. And then it's also, these things are so personal, like you're sharing your life or little parts of your life. And so you're evolving too, like you're growing, you're getting older and yeah. So it's just a completely different kind of industry. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's always, always changing. And especially with children too, you're where you're evolving of like, where you are in parenting, like someone with high schoolers is in a different place with someone with a newborn. So just it's adapting and, um, but your, your audience changes with you too. So that's something to, to keep in mind. 
That's very true. So one of the things I think that you've done really well um, is you've collaborated with a bunch of brands. I think that's so smart to kind of have something of your own or to have um, like a part in something, if that makes sense. So yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about the collaborations that you've done and like the the thought behind them and inspiration and all of that? Yeah, you know what? It has been really fun to do. And it wasn't really something I thought about until um, sweet Phoebe from Breck and Grill reached out to me last spring. We hopped on the phone right away and instantly had a connection and dove right into this world of what we wanted to share based off of my experiences over the last few years. And I've learned a lot about making and creating and the entire, I mean, the entire process, right? With working with vendors and marketing, photography, worked working with um, influencers, sending out products, the the accounting, everything. It's you're really like dipping your toes in a completely different world in a great way because you get to partner with different people doing different things that you love. So my first one was with um, Breck and Greer and their market totes, um, and that one was great too. We did a percent of proceeds went to breast cancer research, which I felt really strongly about. And then the second one that I did, um, well, two came up at the same time, but Indian Ivy, I came up with a um, table linens collection with her cocktail napkins, really something near and dear to my heart because I love entertaining and tablescaping. So that one was really fun to come up with all of our favorite colors and a creative design that we really hadn't seen before and bring a bit more joy to people's every day. And the other one I did was with Tiny Tag Co. And we came up with a Christmas stationery and wrapping line, which was also a real treat because it was, we, we collaborated on different colors and a, um, like this vintage Christmas concept and, um, had a lot of fun photographing that and bringing it into our, our, our everyday um, with our Christmas decor. Definitely. And I love your collaborations. I have two of them. I have the Brecken Greer. I, I think I have maybe all the totes you collaborated with them on. And then I have um, the Indian Ivy. Um, and I actually interviewed both Brecken Greer and yes, yes, Indian Ivy. Right. So right. anyone listening can go and listen to those episodes too. Um, but I, I think it's so smart doing those collaborations. Like I was saying before it, anyone listening who is an influencer or maybe a brand and has always wondered how they work. I do a lot of these for clients. And so generally, you know, the, the influencers in on part of the design process, I'm sure you were in on it. Um, and then you either get a percent of sales, um, or, and, or, um, sometimes there's like a sort of licensing fee up front. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, and then, or it's, you know, some of the collaborations we've done, they've just been donated a percent of sales, like to a charity instead of that something important. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's a way to bring a fresh, uh, perspective on to a brand and a different, perhaps even a completely different audience to a brand. Um, so that's, that's another take on it. And, um, vice versa, right? Bringing an audience from um, a product over to an influencer and just molding the two together and bringing things into the everyday, I think is really great. Definitely. Because the influencers, you know, 
you guys have a dedicated following, I would say, and that I always am so surprised of what people come up with when we do these, because normally I represent the brand side, but mm-hmm. then when the influencers, I'm like, we're always like, wow, like we never thought to do it this way. And so yeah. it's cool seeing those ideas. Like you mentioned, it's, it's a fresh perspective. Yes. Yes. And bringing it in the everyday too, right? So like I use my market to, to go to the farmer's market. I use my um, dinner um, linens to host dinner parties. It's all things I would be doing anyways. And it's a great part to have a touch or in, in the making of these products. Definitely. Now, so you had mentioned um, a percent of sales has gone to breast cancer for the Breck and Greer collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about that. I know you were diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'm just curious how, you know, your influencer account helped you through that process or um, like <clears throat> changed during that process or anything like that. I just, I feel like most of my listeners are females. So mm-hmm. I feel like lots of them have gone through breast cancer and know someone that has. Yes. So I think that's, you know, an important part of your story. Yeah. So I had really not done very much with my account before my diagnosis. And I mean, it was there, but it was still relatively small and I'd say a different voice than the voice that I have now. Um, And then I, let's see, I was diagnosed in January of 2020 and over time became more comfortable with talking about it on my social media platform. And I think it just brought, um, I I think, you know, we always joke about Instagram versus reality and it just brought a heavy dose of reality into Instagram that, you know, people are sharing things that are really happening in real life that a lot of people can relate to, whether it's, you know, a health diagnosis or just something, some type of adversity. Um, so I, I, I think it did bring, um, my authentic self to it. And I do try to give my authentic voice and a bit more reality, um, for the things that I share. Um, and then, I mean, my perspective on things definitely changed over that period of time. And I think that just became reflective in my account and the, the things that I post on there um, over the months that followed up until today. And I I love that you shared that. I feel like it probably helped so many people and you're yes. so brave for doing that. I know, you know, even with, I have arthritis. I've had it since college. I'm sure listeners have heard me say this a lot, um, which is completely different, obviously, than breast cancer, right? But I've connected with some of my followers through that. And it's nice just to know, like, you're not alone, if that makes sense. Right. So right. To, to have someone, you know, that you could talk to, or even on the flip side, I mean, your account's so happy and it's so, mm-hmm. it's so pretty, but you are still real. And I think that's what you know, people like to, to go to your account for too, is just, you know, how beautiful it is. And it's like inspiration. Yeah. So one of, I mean, one of the best things about what I've, what I've done is when people reach out to me and they've said, Hey, I, I like picked this up at the grocery store because you recommended it. Right. And it's like a cleaner alternative in a way to eat better. Or, um, I've, I've taken a couple screenshots of how you style your hair. I lost all of my hair and I love the way that you, you've done it so gracefully and, um, or I'm going through treatment right now and I bought the cookbook that you recommended and it's been so helpful for me to get through it. Or you make me not afraid of what I'm facing. Like those, like that's, that's the best part of doing all of this is it's not a huge reach, but it's, it's changing 
the way some people go through adversity. And that's been really honoring. Definitely. I mean, even when you were talking about uh, recipes and food products, I've taken some of your recommendations too, um, which I love. So you're always good at this. People always, people always comment on whenever I share groceries. It's, you know, it's, it's not the most beautifully photographed thing or the most exciting thing, but people really love um, when I go grocery shopping. So I'm happy to share those things. I love that. And everyone's got to eat, you know, that is part of your natural life, you know, what you're actually shopping for. When you go, when you go through a health crisis, you realize how valuable food is and how it can be completely life altering. So I've definitely embraced that. And I think other people have too. So I, I'm, I'm honored to, to share those things. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about, um, your account, your blog, um, your, your business, let's call it, what mm-hmm. would you say your greatest success is? Like, what are you really proud of? Obviously, that's a big part of it. But is there anything else that, you know, you're really happy that you were able to accomplish or do? I mean, that would be my number. My number yeah. one is having a um, a genuine voice amongst all of the, there's a lot of noise and just trying to stay myself, stay my path, stay, stay true and be positive during a really adverse time in my life. And I think also just... I mean, I was, I grew up with this math background and to recognize that there's, I have other strengths and to just go and do it. And I think when you go through a health crisis, you're just like, well, what's the, what's the harm? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Like, it's not a big deal if it doesn't work out. So just trying and um, making things work and learning along the way too, of what works and what doesn't work. And and no, I love that. I'm always for like finding new hobbies, like taking a random class, learning mm-hmm. something new. I, I love that. I feel like you should never stop, you know, trying different things and yeah. learning. Yeah. And so, I mean, so many people, what you do when you're 20s doesn't have to be what you do when you're 30s, 40s. Like you can always change. So mm-hmm. I've definitely have felt that over the last few years. Now, on the flip side to that question, like, what's the greatest challenge? Is it like balancing everything? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that would definitely be. The, <laughs> people say this too. Being a mom of three kids is a full time job in itself, yeah. and being a wife too. When those two things come first in our house, no matter what, but um, it definitely requires a lot more time than I think people think to put all of this together and to think things about what what you're going to share and how you're going to share it in a way that feels right and um, true to, to me and the brand. So um, just, yeah, time management and putting the other things that I recognize are really what's important um, first, but also being able to like exert my creative juices. Mm -hmm. No, I, I hear that. I feel like a lot of people, like you said, say that same thing. It's, it's hard to do that. I feel like you make it, look pretty though, at least, if that makes sense. I try, but nobody wants to see, you know, my kid. It's not perfect, but it looks good, you know? Yes. Yes. Nobody wants to see that. So I try and keep it, I try and keep it as positive as I can. For sure. Now, um, when you started thinking of your Instagram more as an influencer and a business, over, you know, these years, what's been your greatest marketing tool? Like how have you grown your account or connected with others? Um, 
You know, with that one, I would have to say the best way has been through genuine relationships with people that are happy to be your cheerleader. Um, And that just takes time. And building relationships and getting to know people and asking questions, asking for help, because those things are genuine and people can tell when something is, um, is putting, you know, the square peg in the round hole. It just, it feels very true and authentic. So that would be, that, that's probably what's helped me the most. And, and then it translates to people that are listening to you that authentically believe what you're, you know, what you're saying. So. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of, you know, the perks in this industry is connecting with other influencers and people that, you know, I always say, there's people across, you know, you live in California, I live in Pennsylvania, but we met through this Instagram thing and that's so rewarding in itself. And like this weird, cool thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is really rewarding. And you, you kind of know based off, it it filters down the interests that you have and you already have the same interests. So it's, it's um, like more likely that everyone will um, get along and kind of jive over the things that really pique their interest. Yeah. Um, Now I know you, are a great vintage antique hunter and you redo a lot of furniture. So tell me a little bit about that. Like when does this go back to like, when did you start doing that? And like, I just want to hear more about this because you always have beautiful pieces. So, you know what, it's funny. It's always been something that's interested me. And I think this is where the engineering and the creativity come together, where I can figure out how to pull out my spray gun, what type of paint to use, how I need to polish my hardware. All of those things have come together with, oh, I love this paint color. This piece of furniture is really calling my name. And so that's, it's funny that you bring that up because you can see how the two worlds and the two sides of my brain come together. Um, It was something I had, let's see, um, I've had, I've always collected vintage furniture and it's always been something that's caught my eye. But I was really able to fine tune it during the pandemic because there was not as much things to do. And frankly, for me, when I was immunocompromised during the pandemic, thrift stores, antique stores were places where there weren't a lot of people. So I would find myself, if I needed some time to get away, I'd go to a thrift store we spent some time in Palm Springs. We would, I would go to the thrift stores out there and we'd find beautiful furniture or through, you know, spending some time online, Facebook marketplace. It was a safe thing to do when I couldn't go just do, you know, do the things that I used to do. And we, we had a lot more downtime too. So I was able to spend time painting and it was just, it was a nice outlet for me during that time. And also, I mean, great timing because it's so hard to get furniture. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And I That's really you know, where my love for vintage finds started was during the pandemic and that like, oh, I, I have two hours to kill. I kind of want to go shopping, but I can't, I don't feel comfortable going to the grocery store. Like I'm just going to pop into an antique store where I might come across three or four people and everyone has yep. plenty of space. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, finishing furniture is hard. I, I've tried 
painting some of my own um, vintage pieces. And I've learned to have someone else do it for me because it's a lot of work and a lot of time and it does not turn out as, as pretty as if someone else did it. But like, like, like traveling, the more you do it, the better you get. And so I've definitely, there's some pieces that I've not been as good as others, but also I think it's strategic about the pieces that you pick and the quality of the furniture, just as much as the type of paint that you use and how well you sand it. Right. So a good piece of furniture will really shine through. Yeah. And my issue is I have no patience, so yes. I don't spend also, enough time like sanding and things. You also need warm weather to do it, which I know yeah. some people message me and they're like, I can't wait till it gets warm here so I can go out and find spray paint because the paint says on the paint can, it says you must it, the weather must be above like 60 degrees, yeah. whatever. So it like. <laughs> I didn't realize that for the longest time. We just repainted our front door um, and my mom had mentioned it to me and I'm like, wait, what? And then yeah. I looked and yeah, we had to wait till a warm day until it was like yes. at least 50 degrees. Yes. Yes. Or not too hot too. Yeah. So since this is the Preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? Oh, Preppy. I, I feel like I've always had a preppy aesthetic, uh, just polished, but colorful, cheerful. Um, I'd say like true to yourself, um, holding yourself to, you know, a higher standard. Um, yeah, that's what it would mean to me. I think that's a great answer. I I love the polished and colorful. Um, so you travel a lot. We already talked about that, especially with kids too. Yes. Where's your favorite place to travel? Like where, where do you just absolutely love? Um, I, I suppose there's two ends of the spectrum. The one end would be, we love to go to Hawaii every year. It's actually relatively easy to get to from Los Angeles. So I know on the East coast, Hawaii sounds so extravagant and far away but from LA it's a direct flight and you're there in five hours minus the time change it's like a three-hour time difference it's not that big of a deal and if you live on the west coast you're constantly flying east or west and a four to five hour plane plane ride is a pretty standard um, trip so we've just you know just got used to it over time and um, yeah we really like Hawaii that's our like we want to go and chill and not have to think about anything place. But I do really love traveling Europe. Um, I love the adventure of it and being on our toes, learning new cultures, bringing the kids. So it just depends on which direction we're going. (laughs) Definitely. Now, what about some favorite um, accounts to follow on social media? Like, who do you love seeing on your feed? Um, I love a couple people and they're people that have been cheerleaders for me. Um, Sarah Tucker is one of the original OG people that I connected with years ago and she's always been a cheerleader and so sweet. We met briefly last year when I was on the East coast. Um, Ashley Brooke is another one who um, her, her family has been through some health things as well. And we were able to resonate and that was great. And she's, she's been cheering me on. Um, and another one I absolutely adore is Holly Holland. She's an artist and we're going to be working on my rebranding together. So I'm so excited to do that. That's really fun. Now I, you take great images. So for Mm -hmm. anyone listening, any tips for that, like for taking really pretty images? 
Yeah. I mean, my main thing is lighting. I love just good light. So Mm -hmm. that's not when, you know, in the middle of the day, if somebody wants to go take pictures, I'm like, I I can't, I can't do it then because it's so, it's just not the the light that I like to shoot in. So late in the afternoon is my favorite time of day. Clean backgrounds is really important to me. Clean, crisp backgrounds. Although you can always edit things out if, if it's not what you want. Um, So getting good at like some of the editing tools, straight lines is also important to me. So not having things going across the, the frame. Um, and I, you can do all of these things without a professional camera, but I did buy a, a really great camera when things started to pick up and it's been that game changing for me. I really appreciate the lenses that I work with and it's been really fun to, with no pro- professional photography lessons and learning how to use a camera, I've had a really fun time getting comfortable with it. Oh, wow. That's opposite of me too. I feel like that's your your math science brain because I <laughs> bought a nice camera yeah. and I do not have the patience to try to learn it. I even signed up for a class. Like it, it's been a whole thing. So <laughs> I admire that about you. never thought of that, but you're probably, you're probably right. It's been really helpful to have that angle. Yeah. I feel like it's like a puzzle. Like that's how I feel yeah. about my cameras. Yeah. It's like everything has to align perfectly with the settings and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> But like, it's like with math, once you get it and you understand it, it just becomes, it's like- Because then it's a formula, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Now, I always ask this question, especially to brands, like I ask them, you know, who do they wish would wear uh, their designs? But so to you, I want to ask, like, who's a famous person or a royal or like a huge influencer who like you would love to be besties with or meet? Um. Hmm. I mean, it's not an influencer, but it's someone who I think has just done a phenomenal job with her brand and has stayed really consistent and true and just has beautiful inspirational products is Anna Bond from Rifle. Mm-hmm. I like, you just see her graphics and her sketches and it's just an instant mood boost. The colors, um, everything she touches is so good. So I, I would have to say Anna Bond. That's a good one. I like that. And I feel like she, all of her designs are very recognizable. Like, you yes. know, what's hers. And yes. it also, I mean, she's been, I feel like she's been around even since I was in college or shortly thereafter. Like she's lasted. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So what is next for you? Like, what are you working on? Any sneak peeks? I know you said you're rebranding. Yeah, I'll be um, rebranding in the next few months, which I'm really excited about and making things easier um, I'm working more on developing like the blog side and, um, I do have a Pinterest account that has been really fun to build up. And so I'm spending a little bit more time there because I do actually get a lot of inspiration from Pinterest. I love colors and patterns and, um, it's, it's it's like my happy place is going down those rabbit holes. And I do have, um, some upcoming stuff coming up, but I can't, I can't spill any secrets at this point, but I'm really excited about, um, the next I guess, phase of marrying crew, Um, especially as kids are rolling into, my youngest will be starting preschool in the fall. So I'll have a little bit more free time and I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm, um, I'm happy with where I am right now and being healthy and being able to do some of these things that um, I love and inspire me and 
take care of my family. I love that. Everything. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what these surprises are. Uh, but now my last question is where can everyone find you? Like let them know your Instagram handle, your website, cool. all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's Mary and crew, um, which was originally supposed to be like me and my kids, but has, has turned into like more of a community. So Mary and um, the community and it's maryandcrew.com and same thing on Pinterest, Mary and crew. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary. This was so fun. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 